Live from San Diego, California, we go live to the newsroom with your host for Nick's Nerd. Hello, hello, hello. What up, folks? It's your host, Nick. Uh, what am I doing there? I don't know what I'm doing there. Hey, how are you guys? It's me, Nick, your host of Nick's Nerd News. I know that's uh, painfully obvious week after week that I tell you it's me. Obviously, by now, you would recognize my voice. And, you know, we, we have a guest host, what, once a year at this point? Um, <laughs> but, no, how are, how are you? How are all of you? Are you doing good? Are you enjoying life? I mean, it's it's January 11th. Uh, we're two weeks into the new year already. The Golden Globes were last night, which is wild that it was on a, a Tuesday. Um, but it it's... Yeah, it's January 11th, and I cannot believe it. it it's... We're, we're, in, we're in full effect into 2023 now. Are you guys having a great start to the year? I, I hope. I, I mean, I, I am. Um, I think I am. Nothing bad. So, there's that. Um, I'm just having fun. Just having fun. It's it, Like I said, it's 2023. It's a new year. On, on to big and better and bright things. Um, I think. <laughs> very uncertain the future is um no 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 it's good it's good i uh appreciate y'all for w- listening week in week out i i uh i i i don't do this um for my health i mean i do it for fun but i do it for you guys too uh clearly you want to hear the nonsense i spew week in week out so there's that <laughs> but no, it's uh, it's fun. It's fun, and uh, looking forward to new awesome things. It's our fifth year. Our fifth year. Uh, we're about halfway through our fifth year, I should say, of Nixner News. Um, so it'll be fun. It'll be a lot of fun, and I'm looking forward to what 2023 has in store for you, me, them, all of us, the world at large, the internet, the people everywhere. Up in space. Um, enough of my ramblings. Enough of my ramblings. Let's uh, let's let's get to what you really care about. Um, the nerds. The nerds. The nerds. The nerds. The nerd news. As uh, I've somehow turned into the word nerds, which isn't a thing. We're not going to repeat that word. But let's get into it, shall we? So we start with video game news, as always. Uh, no new games as of this month. Um, I know I talked about Wolong uh, Fallen Dynasty, and that was a game I was looking forward to. I recently remembered and learned, I should say, more than anything, that it's going to be on Game Pass, so I don't have to worry about, you know, uh, buying two games at once. So Wolong, hopefully I'll get, when it's on Game Pass, play a little bit of that. So we'll talk about that when it comes out. But... Uh, how about this? We've been talking about the Microsoft Activision merger, buyout, whatever you want to call it, for, for a while now. Um, granted, it's been going on for a while. 
and it, it just continues to go on for a very long time because some government agencies are... Look, I don't want to come off as a fanboy because I enjoy both systems. Yes, I tend to gravitate more to Xbox and things like this, but when when there's blatant, like Sony, just people are taking Sony's side and not really looking at all the facts, that's where I have an issue. And that's what's been going on with both the FTC here in the U.S. and the U.K.'s uh, Competitions and Markets Authority, which has just announced they're going to be extending the investigation of Xbox Activision Blizzard deal uh, because of, quote-unquote, the complexity of it. And I don't understand that. This has been reported by, by GamesIndustry.biz. And uh, they announced it will be an eight-week extension, which went from a completion date of April 26th, um, or is, it went from a completion date of March 1st to April 26th. And the CMA does note, though, they have noted that it, it may be done sooner. So their official response says, quote, in taking this decision, the inquiry... Actually, hold on. Let me stop. I'm going to read it with a British voice, uh, uh, since it is a UK authority. Quote, in taking this decision, the inquiry group had regard to the scope and complexity of the investigation and the need to consider a large volume of evidence, as well as main party and third party submissions, the necessity to allow sufficient time to take full and proper account of comments that will be received in response to the inquiry group's provisional findings in due course, and to reach a fully reasoned final decision in the statutory time frame. Quote unquote. Is that my is that a good BBC? style vo voice. I know I kind of dropped out of it there for a second, but <laughs> um, but I thought they already went through everyone's complaints. Would they get more? I, it literally began in July of last year, and obviously the two sides have been going back and forth. This is just turning into an ugly fight, and, and for some reason it's it's the Brits and us that are having the biggest issue because it keeps getting approved in country after country after country. Even Japan signed off on it, and Sony's in Japan. Like, that alone should tell you there's something fishy going on, right? The FTC is, is a joke, if you ask me. Um... CES was this past weekend, and a, a very subdued one, surprisingly. Um, not a whole lot announced in, in the gaming space, per se, which, again, is strange. Um, Jim Ryan and Sony had a, a show, we talked about it last week, and they announced that they have allegedly sold around 30 million units, sold through, I guess, is uh, sold. I don't know if that's sold through. Sold means to retailers, not necessarily to consumers, um, but more than likely to consumers as well. Um, and they've, they've also announced, which Jim Ryan said at uh, CES, that the supply issues are essentially over. So you should be able to get a PS5 if you're still looking. Um, and I would highly recommend, I personally would recommend the 
Um, God of War Ragnarok, if you played the first one. If not, get both. Of course, uh, if you didn't get... Granted, these I know these games were on PS4. But if you never got them on PS4, or you never had a PS4 and you're getting a PS5 now, uh, also both Horizon Zero Dawn and Horizon Forbidden West games. Um, I know a lot of people like Returnal on PS5. And, uh, of course, if you're a racing person, Gran Turismo. I know Gran Turismo is not what it used to be, but it is still considered good. Um, and then uh, I'd say Deathloop, but that's on everything at this point. So it's, it's not exactly a exclusive any longer. Um, but those are PS5 games I would, I would definitely recommend. Oh, and Ratchet & Clank Rift Apart, because that game is, is gorgeous. Um, also at uh, CES, HTC announced their new VR headset, the HTV, H, HTV, the HTC Vive XR Elite. It is a new all-in-one headset meant to compete with the MetaQuest 2, um, Oculus Quest 2, if, if you don't use Meta. And the only thing is it, it is heavier than the Quest 2 at 625 grams, which I don't even know how heavy that is, but on your head it, it gets heavy. Um, 4K resolution, 2K displays for each eye that refresh at 90 hertz, 110 degree field of view. It has a Snapdragon XR2 chipset with 128 gigs of RAM and 120 gigs of ROM. Look at that. Uh, to store games and content locally. And you can connect to a PC using USB-C for higher resolution for the desktop-powered VR experience. It is has a 2-hour battery and 30-watt fast charging. And you should be able to get a half-battery charging at 30 minutes, they claim. Um, they also claim it to be more comfortable. But, ooh, it's got a fabric gasket. Uh, each eye has built-in diopters, so... Oh, you can take off their you can take off your glasses if you want to, because some people can't. Um, oh, it has a carrying case. That's cool. Uh, speakers built into the stems uh, should have improved bass and directional audio per HTC, as well as clarity. Um, you can remove the battery pack off stems, connect it to a phone or PC with USB-C, and use the headset like a pair of VR goggles. Um, that's also cool as well. Uh, it weighs just half a pound without the battery pack, which is 240 grams. Oh, so this is almost... So half a pound... 240... A pound... The MetaQuest is a pound at 503 grams. So it's a pound and a... Almost a pound... Almost a pound and a half. Oh, cool. Uh, you can fold it up like a pair of sunglasses. It does have a compact case for travel. And... Let me, I'm reading here, uh, comes with six DOF controllers, so new controllers, hand and finger tracking, and no IR lighthouses needed. It also has an RGB camera at the front for mixed reality experiences. So, that is the HTC Vive XR Elite, and it launches soon. You can pre-order on Amazon for... Uh, 1099 US dollars. So yes, it is ex more expensive than a Quest 2, um, but it's meant to compete with the MetaQuest Pro, um, which is the like $1,100 um, 
super expensive meta quest. Um, is the pro, the pros fifteen hundred dollars? Jesus Christ! No, nah, man, it's all about the the quest too. So <laughs> that's um, that that's that's where it's at, if you ask me. Um, anywho, did the quest go up in price again? Uh, I'm getting distracted. So, uh, also at CES, Razer finally announced more details about its 5G-enabled handheld. Um, it is being called the... What is this called? If they're working with Verizon. It's called the Edge. It does have 5G connectivity. Uh, it is launching on January 26th, so in just 15 days, two weeks. Uh, of course, they announced it last October, but this is more information. A 6.8-inch AMOLED display, a resolution of 2400 by 1800, refresh rate of 144 hertz. It uses Android 12, and it is compatible with the Kishi V2 Pro, which is a, a modified version of the Razer Kishi like phone controller. Uh, however, you can only get this Pro version with the Edge. Um, it has rumble, headphone jack, uh, which are not on the regular Kishi. Uh, it is touted for 5G connectivity, so there is a Wi-Fi only option available that will is available for $400, $399.99, and the 5G variant will cost $599.99, and you should be able to, for a limited time through Verizon, get the 5G enabled version for $359.99, so you can actually get it cheaper than the Wi-Fi version, uh, but you have to add it as a new line to your existing Verizon account. Um, you should be able to access GeoForce Now and Xbox Cloud Gaming and any Android games as well. So, more and more handheld devices are coming to the market, surprisingly, after they went away for quite a while. So we're about to have a renaissance of, of, of uh, handheld devices, but they're all going to be streaming devices, essentially. They're not... They don't require disc-based or cartridge-based media, so it's it's definitely a, a change, a lot easier. You don't have to carry around as much. Uh, the Borderlands movie, which is still very much a thing, is getting reshoots. Uh, unfortunately, Eli Roth will not be able to do the reshoots as he's moved on to his next project. Uh, but but Deadpool's Tim Miller will be taking over, which I, I think will be a good thing. It's it's has not it's not more it's nothing more than the main directors moved on they have to bring someone in it happens a lot but it's it's not like what happened with justice league with joss whedon and things or, or other movies it's literally just stepping in because the other guy can't do it anymore so don't read too much into it um steam broke a couple of records in the last few weeks uh, it reached 10 million concurrent players in game at the same time for the first time ever as well as 32 million players online on Steam at once. Uh, Steam is continuing to break records as more and more people use Steam. I'm sure the Steam Deck being more widely available has something to do with that as more people are playing out in the world when they're not at their home PC at a desk. Uh, HBO's The Last of Us adaptation, which is getting very good reviews, is, ex is going to drop in about a week or two uh, on the network. And... It will be getting a companion podcast hosted by Troy Baker. Uh, Troy Baker being one of the stars of the game, 
Uh, Troy Baker is a prolific video game voiceover actor, uh, and I think he is Joel in the games, if I remember correctly. Yeah, he was Joel, I confirmed that. So yes, he, he will be hosting companion podcasts to the show uh, for HBO. Uh, Meta has also announced they will be ending support for the original Quest. That's two VR stores in one today. It's a, it's a rare thing. <laughs> um, so they're ending support for the original Quest, uh, mainly, I think, due to its age, which it's not that old, but it does have uh, a chipset in it that is about seven or so years old. So I think the biggest thing was I don't think they can fully support it in terms of updates and making sure things run smoothly. So it looks like they will be sunsetting uh, any support for the Quest, the original Quest. I don't foresee them doing that with the Quest 2 anytime soon, unless a Quest 3 is released uh, this year, which I think would have been announced already. Um, today it came out that Simon Pegg will be voicing Headmaster Phineas Nigellus Black in Hogwarts Legacy. So yes, officially... Simon Pegg is technically joining the Harry Potter, Harry Potter universe, as I hiccup in the middle of the show. Um, yes, Simon Pegg will be voicing Phineas Nigellus Black. He is the headmaster of Hogwarts at the time the game takes place, uh, which of course is in the late 1800s. Um, this is a wild story. This is a, this is a big story uh, before we get to our final one. In the UK last year, 90% of games sold were sold digitally. That means only 10% of video games sold in the UK last year were physical games. Um, this is something people didn't think would happen for quite a while. But, uh, as I said, 90% of all games sold in the UK were digital. This is per the BBC. The Digital Entertainment and Retail Association said that 89.5% of games sold in the UK were digital downloads. The remaining 10.5% were disc-based copies sold physically. 30% of all sales were mobile sales. So, again, it's mostly mobile gaming, um, are, which are only digital. Uh, and so we don't know exact figures from Steam or PlayStation Store, but it's all based on in, 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 uh, 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 estimates. And uh, this is a quote from Kim Bailey, the ERA chief. It says, quote, In the old days, when there was pretty much only physical console games and PC discs, it was far easier to track the market. These days, it's a lot more fragmented, and sometimes the new digital players simply won't share their sales data directly. That's where estimates come in, unquote. But I know COVID has been a part of that. A lot of stores were closed over the last few years. Uh, I personally still like buying discs that's just me i know it's a space thing for a lot of people but i personally prefer to still buy disc-based media uh, our final gaming story of the day is going to be about ubisoft and skull and bones has been delayed for a sixth time with no official release date at this point i don't think anyone is excited about it anymore i don't think it's what anyone thought it would be now that it kind of turned into a live service game. Um, it's been delayed to fiscal 2023-2024. So that means the soonest it could possibly come out is April 
or as late as December. So it could be another six or more months, potentially. Um, they have also canceled three unannounced projects. Um, as a quote from Ubisoft, quote, facing major challenges as the industry continues to shift towards mega brands and long-lasting titles then can reach players across the globe, across platforms and business models, unquote. Um, they also said that, quote, games from this investment phase have yet to be released, while our recent launches have not performed as well as expected, unquote. I guess they specifically called out Mario Rabbit, Sparks of Hope, uh, and um, Just Dance 2023. I don't know who in their right mind would have expected Just Dance to sell well in 2022 or 2023. Uh, I'm kind of shocked that Mario and Rabbit, Sparks of Hope, didn't sell that well. Or maybe it didn't hit their expectations. Um, but I still can't believe. I still can't believe Skull and Bones was delayed again. Um, and unfortunately, I wonder what those three games are that were canceled. Yes, I understand uh, the industry is moving to like tentpole games, just like the movie industry is. I. I understand why they do that right it's guaranteed sales numbers i mean look at activision they've essentially become call of duty only at this point and it, it's a shame because they have a lot of good studios under them that have closed or made good games but at the same time you don't want to get stuck in that where it it you lose the player base because they get bored right like look at kind of look at what happened with halo and it got stale and a part of that was was the shift to 343, at least in the, the main player base and shifting landscape, right? Um, Halo didn't necessarily compete directly with Call of Duty, with Battlefield anymore. It was very different. Um, obviously, Infinite hoped to change that. There's other issues with that, and, and luckily they're starting to change. Um, but... Also, look at, uh, you have other examples, right? Like, look look at Tomb Raider. Tomb Raider is not the premier franchise it used to be. Uh, Gran Turismo has, has um, is not considered what it used to be. I mean, people think Forza's better. Look at, uh, I'm trying to think, um, you know, when you have game, uh, a prime Ubisoft example is Assassin's Creed. Like, it, it, they hurt themselves coming out year after year after year and then started taking a break and then shifted their scope, right? So there's, there's definitely instances where when you focus on these things, it can hurt you or it could help you, right? Then you on the flip side, you have EA with all their annual sports releases. Now, most people are putting money into their ultimate teams, which is just card trading. Let's, let's be realistic here. Uh, in in some version or extent, um, and then then you also have like Mario and Pokemon, and they get stale, and people get over it. So, it, yes, it's a good idea to shift. I understand the industry shifting, um, and and new IPs are hard to come by, right? New IPs are hard to make up. They're hard to find. You can't always adapt everything. Um, so I I get it. I the other day I was realizing there's one franchise I would prefer to be a video game than a movie, and that's the Dark Tower franchise. And I think I think Ubisoft would be good as one to adapt that and, and make one of their big franchises. Um, but again, then you have 
companies that have tried. Like, look at EA with what happened with, uh, uh, what was that game that's like a bargain bin now, uh, that I had really high, the one with the mechs. Um, I can't even think of the damn game. Um, or, you know, if Square Enix has Forspoken coming up. Anthem, that's what the EA game was called. Um, so, uh, it's understandable, right? But uh, Ubisoft has had a, a good track record. So, it, it, it's unfortunate that games get canceled, but hopefully that puts teams on new things that could be turned into good things. We don't even know what they were that they were working on that got canceled. They were never announced. So, who knows? I'm sure some expose will come out in a few weeks or months and we'll find out what was canceled. But that is it for gaming news this week. So let's talk about what's going on in the TV world. Not a whole lot, but we will talk about what's new in streaming this month, um, like we try to do every month. Um, last week we learned that HBO, uh, this is per George R. R. Martin himself, HBO has shelved several Game of Thrones spinoff shows that were potentially in the works. Um, he hopes they aren't dead, but uh, he wrote a post on his, quote, not a blog, unquote, um, giving updates on the Winds of Winter, which is supposed to come out. He said this, quote, some of those are moving faster than others, as is always the case with development. Uh, none have been greenlit yet. Though we are hoping, maybe soon. A couple have been shelved, but I would not agree that they are dead. You can take something off the shelf as easily as you can put it on the shelf. All the changes at HBO Max have impacted us, certainly. Uh, unquote. Um, I'm sure some of the more far-flung shows that they've been working on probably got shelved. Like the Sea Snake show, or the cartoon, or the one that was going like Yee-T or whatever, which is like the Far East place of, of Essos. Um... I'm sure things like that were shelved, not things that people want to see. Uh, I doubt the John, excuse me, I doubt the John show, John Snow show, was shelved. Um, and granted, the the popularity of of Corliss, I doubt his Sea Snake show was shelved either. Um, Colin Farrell's Batman spinoff show as the Penguin is expected to start filming next month, so I'm sure. That will hit the platform sometime next year. Uh, Wednesday has been renewed for a season two at Netflix, despite the rumors of heading to HBO or HBO to Amazon Prime. Um, <laughs> Adam Devine is apparently very butthurt because Paramount Plus passed on a Workaholics movie, and it's rare to hear an actor say they're butthurt over something. Um, I just, I wanted to share that. It was funny. The Community movie, uh, speaking of TV shows getting a movie, is expected to start filming in June per Joel McHale. Um, I know they said that it was going to be on Peacock this year, so I doubt there's a lot of post-production that goes into that movie and not a lot of special effects. So hopefully uh, Community hits Peacock in calendar year 2023. Um, Paramount Plus has announced that they will be starting a Dungeons & Dragons show. Um, no word yet on start other than they're making it, so I don't expect this show to be out for a while. And apparently, according to like Deadline, like 2026 at the earliest, I guess. 
which that's three years from now. Why would you announce a show three years before it even comes to air? Can't take that long. Oh, maybe it does. I don't know. Um, and then I want to talk about Star Wars The Bad Batch today, the third episode, which hands down one of the best episodes of the show, show as a whole. And this is including season one. Um, is focuses on crosshairs and includes Commander Cody. And honestly, it is a very, very deep look of into the psyche of clones post the Clone Wars, the start of the Empire, and them, you know, kind of getting rid of clones, right? And honestly, like I said, such a good show and such a good episode. So I would definitely uh, don't sleep on The Bad Batch. So that's kind of it for TV news. Not a whole lot. Oh, I did see um, Invincible Season 2 is supposed to drop this year, but no date was given. So we're waiting on that. Uh, I do want to talk about what's coming to streaming, though, this month. Uh, obviously not everything. I'm not going to read off everything coming to Netflix, just things I think you guys might like or that I like. Uh, the Aviator, starring um, Leonardo DiCaprio as Howard Hughes. Uh, Blue Streak, great Martin Lawrence movie. The Original Fletch, great comedy movie. Forrest Gump, National Security, another good Martin Lawrence movie. Rocky 1 through 5. Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, one of my favorite movies. The Original Top Gun. And of course, that 90s show drops next week on Netflix. Uh, over on HBO Max, we have American Hustle, Back to School, great Rodney Dangerfield movie. The, the three Crocodile Dundee movies. Ghostbusters 1 and 2, John Wick 1, 2, and 3, The Menu, the new Ray Fiennes movie where he plays that sadistic chef, uh, Horrible Bosses 2, The Last of Us, and then of course The Velma Show, which is getting dragged in reviews. Um, this this Mindy Kaling Scooby-Doo show that's focused on Velma is not not doing well at all. First off, the trailer is just awful, and apparently a lot of reviews are saying everything about the show is good except for Velma, which, like, you don't want your show to not be good. I mean, as of right now, the, the Rotten Tomato score is 63. That's pretty bad. Um, I can't wait to see, though, what, what uh, the user score ends up being. Then we also have uh, Amazon Prime Video. So Employee of the Month, a great Dane Cook movie. Uh, all the Indiana Jones films. Mission Impossible, 1, 2, 3, and Ghost Protocol. Uh, oh Brother, Where Art Thou, one of my favorite films. Private Parts, a great movie. The movie about Howard Stern. Uh, it's literally one of my... Howard Stern is one of the inspirations of, of me doing this. Uh, and The Invader Zim Show is coming to Amazon Prime Video. And then Jurassic World Dominion has dropped on the platform. So uh, if you've been hoping to watch that, um, it's, uh, it's there. So if you want to watch Jurassic World Dominion, if you don't have Peacock. And then, of course, before we transition over to movies, the Golden Globes were last night. And the Golden Globes, of course, give awards to 
uh, both television and film. So I, I do want to go over uh, some of the winners. First off, Gerard, Gerard Carmichael as the host. Fucking hilarious. Dude had killer jokes. Had no qualms about just being up front with shit. Love that dude as the host. Um, and then, of course, Eddie Murphy getting the Cecil B. DeMille Award, which is a like a legacy award. Um, fucking killed it. Eddie is the GOAT. Always will be the GOAT. So, uh, best motion picture drama went to The Fablemans, uh, the new Steven Spielberg film. Best actress in a drama went to Kate Blanchett for Tar. I don't. I never heard about that movie before last night. Uh, best actor in a motion picture drama went to Austin Butler for Elvis. No surprise there. Best motion picture for musical or comedy: The Banshees of Inisherin. Um, best actress in a motion picture, musical or comedy went to Michelle Yeoh for Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. Best actor in a motion picture, musical or comedy: Colin Farrell for Banshees of Inisherin. Uh, Best Motion Picture Animated went to Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio, which is on Netflix. Um, Best Non-English Language Picture was Argentina 1985, which is actually on Amazon Prime Video if you want to watch it. And Best Supporting Actress in Any Motion Picture, so the Best Supporting Actor and Actress went to, to Any Motion Picture, Angela Bassett for Black Panther, the first Marvel actor to win a Golden Globe. Um, obviously, Angela Bassett has won Golden Globes before, but I'm saying first time a person winning for a Marvel film. Uh, Best Supporting Actor in a Motion Picture went to Ki Hui... I always fuck his name up. Ki Hui Kwan for Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. His first movie in 20 years. Mind you, people know him, of course. He played Short Round in, in Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. He was in The Goonies. Um, but first movie in 20 years, everything, everywhere, all at once, and he wins a Golden Globe. Um, best director went to Spielberg for The Fablemans. Best screenplay went to Martin McDonough for The Banshees of Inisherin. Best original score, Justin Hurwitz for Babylon. Uh, best original song, uh, Natu Natu for RRR. That, uh, the Bollywood getting a shout out. Uh, best television series drama went to House of the Dragon. No surprise there. Zendaya won for best actress in a television series drama for Euphoria. Best actor in a television series drama, Kevin Costner in Yellowstone. Best musical comedy series, Abbott Elementary. Sweeping awards starting with the Emmys last year. Best actress in a television musical or comedy series, Quinta, Quinta Brunson for Abbott Elementary. She also came up with the show. Uh, Jeremy Allen White won for The Bear for Best Actor in a Musical Comedy Series. Best Supporting Actress went to Julia Garner for Ozark. Uh, same thing for TV. Uh, supporting Actor Actress was all three categories. Uh, Best Supporting Actor went to Tessie, or Tessie, Tyler James Williams for Abbott Elementary. Uh, he's famous for playing a young Chris Rock in Everybody Hates Chris. Best Limited Series, Anthology Series, or Television Motion Picture went to The White Lotus. Best Actress in a Limited Series, Anthology Series went to Amanda Seyfried for The Dropout, which is about uh, the Theranos Elizabeth, Elizabeth Holmes thing. That's her name. Uh, Best Actor in a Limited Series or Anthology Series went to Evan Peters for Dahmer. Uh, Best Supporting Actress in a Limited Series was Jennifer Coolidge. 
Um, best supporting actor in a limited series was Paul Walter Hauser, Blackbird. And then, oh, why did I think I'm missing something? Oh, best actor in a musical comedy series was Jeremy Allen White for The Bear. I knew I missed. <laughs> I knew I missed something. Uh, so those are all your winners for the Golden Globes last night. Uh, if you haven't watched it, I would check out the highlights. Uh, like I said, Eddie Murphy, the goat. And uh, let's talk about movies now, shall we? So what's going on in Hollywood, huh? Well, Hugh Jackman's been making the rounds and uh, also said he never took steroids when he was Wolverine, which some people don't believe, apparently. Um, he was being interviewed, and he said he really was done with playing Wolverine, with playing... Um, why can't I think of his name? I'm drawing many blanks today. Logan. I, I, I don't know. Um, <laughs> no, he really was done until Ryan presented him the script for Deadpool 3, uh, and it, it made him excited enough to come back and play Logan again and, and be Wolverine one more time for Deadpool 3, which I cannot wait for. Uh, the CFO of Warner Brothers Discovery has uh, made some statements uh, to Variety. Gunnar Weidenfels said during the City 2023 Communications, Media, and Entertainment Conference that uh, they're in a bit of relaunching and rebuilding. They're in a rebuilding year. What are, what are they, a professional football team? Um, he said, quote, We took a little bit of time to make sure that we do it properly. For some of the titles, we found new homes elsewhere. That's why this took six or seven months. But I think we've come to a great solutions, and most importantly, we're done with that chapter, unquote. He's, of course, referring to them um, cutting their own stuff off of HBO Max in the dumbest thing move ever. Um, he went on to say, quote, That was very important to all of us, to really use 2022 to leave the purchase accounting behind us. Leave those initial strategy changes behind us. Get it all out there in terms of our restructuring estimates and to be able to turn the page forward. I think the team has had a, laid a great foundation, and I'm really excited about the growth from here. From my perspective, we really have command and control over the business now. There were some surprises in the first months of the combination, as you know, but we put out the guidance for this year at the end of the summer, and I've been very, very pleased with all of our operating trends over the second half of the year. Unquote. Um, well, Gunner, you are the chief financial officer, so all you care about is numbers. You're a company man. You're a suit. You are an accountant, right? Like, I don't give a shit what you say, dude, because y'all were not paying creators shit, and to get around it is why you took it off the platform so you wouldn't have to pay them residuals and stuff, which is kind of fucked up. So, anything you say, I don't give a fuck. Fuck you, dude. Making dumbass decisions up at Warner Brothers. Anyway, Gladiator 2 is moving forward. And Ridley Scott has cast a new and upcoming star, Paul Mescal, to play an adult Lucius. Lucius, of course, was the uh, son of uh, Connie Nielsen's character. And the nephew of Commodus, who was played by Joaquin Phoenix, 
Uh, he was the young boy um, in the movie, which I'm really confused as to why they didn't bring Spencer Treat Clark back. He's still an actor. He played young Lucius. I, I don't know why you wouldn't want to, you know, have him in the movie. It's going to look kind of weird when you have a different actor playing him. Um, I mean, maybe not. I, I don't know. But it, it's um, interesting for sure. But I'm excited still. It's, uh, no, wait, no, no, I'm not excited. Why, why am I lying to you? Why are they making this movie? I don't understand why we need a Gladiator 2. We don't need a Gladiator 2. Like, it, it, if there's anything that doesn't need to be made, it's Gladiator 2. It's literally the last thing that anyone wanted. Like, Ridley. What are you doing, dude? What are you doing? Because you are losing your damn mind at this point. Your Some of your movies haven't been as good as they used to be. Now you're making this. Like, come on, bro. Maybe it's time to step back or find something different to make. Um, <laughs> Nicolas Cage, unfortunately, has announced that he will not be reprising his role as Spider-Noir in Across the Spider-Verse. Um, either they didn't, he claims no one asked him back, so I don't know if his character is just not in the movie, or if they recast him, which would be a mistake, um, but do not expect to hear Nicolas Cage's voice in Across the Spider-Verse. Avatar The Way of Water continues to dominate the box office, uh, which has led, uh, a couple weeks back, James Cameron says he didn't, you know, the future of Avatar is on the, on the the rocks because you know depending on how this movie does um will depend on if he makes the other avatars uh which has led him to say i guess i have to make avatar four and five now like no you fucking don't dude anyway i haven't even seen wave water yet um made 45 million dollars this weekend which it uh Barely beat Megan, the new horror film that features an AI robot girl, uh, which, because it debuted so well and is getting good reviews, is getting a sequel. Yes, it was announced that uh, work is underway on a sequel to uh, the horror movie Megan. Um, Andy Muschietti, the director of It and It Chapter 2, and of course the upcoming The Flash movie, has shared... A on-set picture for the first time before the release of the film of a street corner in Central City that looks more like Gotham City. Uh, that's it. There's there's nothing else. It's just that he shared a look at Central City. I'm so ready for this movie to come out. Uh, Francis Ford Coppola, the famed director of many great films, is directing a new self-financed film called Megalopolis. And it may be in trouble. Uh, per The Hollywood Reporter, this movie is halfway through its 80 or 90 day shooting schedule, which, first off, that's not good if you don't know how long it's going to be. And 
they apparently, according to sources, there's no word on if it will actually finish filming. The production has sended, descended into chaos per the same source. And uh, apparently Coppola has allegedly fired most of their visual, the visual effects team, um, as well as the supervisor, Mark Russell. And the production designer, Beth Mickle, and supervising art director, David Scott, have also left now. Um, so the whole movie doesn't have an art department anymore. Which is interesting. Uh, Coppola is allegedly trying to fill the positions. Again, this is all ver- via Hollywood Reporter and their sources. And <laughs> apparently cost production costs have ballooned beyond $120 million, which he put up himself. And which has been funded by his wine business. And was looking to change his effects-heavy scenes in a different way, especially since he doesn't have a team for that anymore. Um, Ooh, they were going to use cutting-edge virtual production tech, like the volume that they use for Star Wars shows. But I guess it is a passion project of Coppola. He's been working on it for decades. I guess he only got to film it now. And, whoa... Adam Driver, Natalie Emanuel, Forrest Whitaker, Lawrence Fishburne, John Voigt, John Voigt, Talia, Sh- Talia Shire, Shia LaBeouf, Jason Schwartzman, and Dustin Hoffman are all in the film. First off, I don't think Talia Shire and Jason Schwartzman have ever been in a movie together. They're, of course, Jason Schwartzman is the son of Talia Shire. Talia Shire is, of course, Coppola's sister, if I remember correctly. Yeah, she's uh, Coppola's sister, um, and like I said, is Jason Schwartzman's mother, but I don't think they've been in a movie together. Um, John Voight, though, that's wild. I didn't think... That's a lot of people in this movie. I would love to see the conversations going on between John Voight and Lawrence Fishburne, though, right now, because that would be very interesting to see those two interact, uh, because they're on complete opposite sides of the political spectrum. Um... Coppola's old, though. Maybe he's lost his touch. I don't know. Um, But this movie might potentially not come out. Um, And then on Monday, the Ant-Man and the trailer Quantumania trailer dropped during the National Championship game. And whoa, whoa, whoa. We get our first good look at Kang, who looks like he's literally going to... uh, I have a feeling... Scott Lang is not going to make it out of this movie because I have a strong feeling that Kang is going to absolutely destroy Ant-Man. Um, it sucks because I really like Ant-Man, but that's what it's starting to look like um, from the trailer. Kang looks amazing. Uh, we also get our first quick blink-and-you'll-miss-it look at MODOK, which I didn't notice until I saw some screen grabs. It also looks like Corey Stoll is returning to play MODOK. Uh, he, of course, played uh, Yellow Jacket in the first Ant-Man film, which I'm very excited that we finally got to see MODOK, and he looks... There's one scene where he looks good, and one scene where, uh, hilariously, I didn't think about it, but I saw memes where he looks like George Lopez's character in Sharkboy and Lava Girl, and I was like, oh my god. Um, but... 
Uh, Stephen Broussard, who is Marvel Studios' VP of Production and Development, uh, stated in a press release that Ant-Man and the Wasp will be, quote, we talk about movies like Captain America, The Winter Soldier, in which you saw the fall of S.H.I.E.L.D., and it felt like the entirety of the MCU turned on that. Captain America Civil War was another film where you saw heroes divided and in camps and battle lines being drawn. It really felt like the future of the MCU was going to be defined by the action of that film. We really liked the idea of making this Ant-Man film as important and integral to the MCU going forward, quote-unquote. So, this movie is going to be very, very important to the MCU, and that makes me very excited. It is, of course, the first movie in Phase 5. Uh, of course, it introduces Kang, who is the new big bad, overarching villain. Um, he went on to say, one of our philosophy, quote, <clears throat> excuse me, quote, one of our philosophies that we've always applied at the studio is just to go back to character and to root it in character. And the science fiction and the world building is fun, but ultimately it's window dressing to the characters who are on this journey. I think as long as we never forget that this is a story about a father and his daughter reconnecting, which is essentially is what this film is, then the headlines of the multiverse, the head. Uh, the, the headiness of the multiverse, the headiness of the quantum realm, sorts itself out because you only need to understand that it's a father and daughter story, quote-unquote. So if Marvel is saying that it has, you know, MCU implications on the level of Civil War and Winter Soldier, my ears immediately, immediately perk up. I personally don't care for Civil War, but, you know... Captain America and the Winter Soldier is is one of the best Marvel films. Um, and it had major implications across the MCU. We all know this. So for it to do that means there's a lot riding on this film. I do think it will be very good. I do think people will realize that Kang is a Thanos-level threat. Um, and the Ant-Man trilogy will get its due, you know, that, that it's been owed for quite a while. So, Modoc and Kang, baby. I am very, very excited. Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania comes out in just over a month. So, that is it for Nick's Nerd News today. Thank you all for listening week in, week out. I appreciate all of you. I really do. Um, as always, check out nicksnerdnews.com where you guys can check out. Uh, you can listen to the show right in your browser if you prefer. Or if you want to take us on the go, you'll find links to all of the streaming platforms you can uh, subscribe to our show on. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're on Google Podcasts. We're on Spotify. We're on iHeartRadio. We're on Amazon Music. All the major players, you can hear my voice on a weekly basis. Uh, also, while you're there, check out the social media tab where you can find links to our Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram Um post a lot of fun stuff on on the instagram and it ends up on facebook not as active on twitter anymore just because uh, engagement was very low so just gonna be up front with you guys um or just follow nixner news on your preferred social media platform of choice if you guys prefer uh other than that i will catch you guys on the flip side